Hello, and welcome to the Medical Device Success Podcast. I am Ted Newell, your host. The goal of this podcast is to contribute to your success and, in turn, help you contribute to the success of your medtech company. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. This is a crazy time to start a podcast with the coronavirus dominating the news. However, there are important things we medical device professionals can be doing in this altered landscape of strategies and tactics for marketing, sales, and operations. So, working in the era of the coronavirus, hopefully a short era, will be the subject of this first season of episodes. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 12. COVID-19 kicked you out of the hospital. Proximy gets you back in. Now, that may sound a little over the top, but if you've listened to some of my recent podcasts, we've talked about the CDC, the AMA, and the AdvaMed guidance related to vendors and sales representatives in hospital settings, practice settings, ASC settings, and that guidance definitely makes it more difficult for med tech sales reps to follow the old sales processes of the past. It also interferes with med tech companies that need to have key opinion leaders and expert proctors assist other surgeons or other medical specialists in the adoption of new technologies. Well, Proximy has taken care of all that. Her TED Talk has almost 1.3 million views. It was Dr. Nadine Hashasharam's introduction to the world of Proximy's augmented reality remote surgical assistance platform that works economically in low-resource and low-bandwidth settings. This technology virtually allows a geographically distant key opinion leader surgeon or med tech expert, like an application specialist or an account representative, to enter the operating room and assist with surgery. The idea behind Proximy was born in charitable surgical work in third world countries. Nadine then turned it into a dynamic and rapidly growing company. Nadine and Rob Dobellin VP Commercial Americas Region, join me to talk about this amazing, life-changing, and life-saving technology. And what's important is this technology can be used in more than just the operating room. It can be used in multiple settings in hospitals, labs, and clinics. Dr. Hashasharam is a plastic surgeon by training. She has spent almost seven years in the United Kingdom's national health system, where she continues to treat patients today. More relevant to us is that she is the founder and CEO of Proximy. Additionally, she is a member of the Royal College of Surgeons of England Future of Surgery Commission and Exponential Medicine faculty. She is also a surgical volunteer for Facing the World and the Global Smile Foundation. Rob is the VP Commercial Americas Region. His medical device career started as a sales rep for the renowned Arthrex orthopedic company. He moved through various positions of greater responsibility until he was Arthrex's vice president of business development. Meanwhile, he began exploring startups where he became involved as the chief revenue officer for Relola, an enterprise SaaS product. This combination of career experience positioned Rob as the perfect choice to join Proximy recently as their VP Commercial Americas region. Let me tell you right now that there are several very interesting links in the show notes that will take you to Nadine's TED Talk and several instances of the use of Proximy. This really brings the technology to life. Be sure to look at them. Nadine and Rob, it's a real pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for taking some time and Here we are talking from different points of the world. Nadine, you're in the UK, and Rob, you're in California, and I'm here in Philadelphia. But anyway, welcome to the podcast. 
Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Ted. Nadine, in your TED Talk, you said that you'd seen firsthand how lack of access to health care can be a real problem for the lives of ordinary people. Could you provide some more background to that statement and to your personal experience with this lack of access to health care? Yeah, sure. And thank, thanks for starting with that. I mean, it's probably worth noting, I've been a surgeon for over 10 years now. And, and through that journey, uh, I've worked in, you know, in first world health systems, but I've also spent uh, a lot of time in overseas um, health systems as well working with global missions, working with other countries and their health systems, but also working with medical device companies and supporting them as they launch and deliver perceptorship and proctorship training um, in different parts of the world. And I think what became very clear to me is that there seems to be a fundamental challenge that we're facing uh, in surgery, and it's challenges around variation in access variation in care and variation in the quality and the outcomes uh, that we have. And probably early on, I had identified these inequalities very starkly in the developing world, in different countries where even the Lancet Commission had published that 5 billion people around the world lack access to safe surgery. But I think as I started to you know, further develop my own career, my own practice here in the UK and you know, speaking with colleagues in the US as well, it seemed to me that these problems around variation were not siloed necessarily to just that part of the world. It was actually a global problem. It was just dressed differently. Some of it is uh, due to economic inequalities uh, and, and having just the basic provisions that one needs. And some of it may be just systemic. And we have seen the challenges around variation in care even within our own health systems. And so really the impetus behind what I was trying and what we continue to try to do with Proximy is to really think about how can we really virtually scale expertise? How can we ensure that every patient gets the best care the first time every time? And how can we ultimately do this by combining the best of human expertise with the latest and most advanced technologies to try and address that? So it, it's really been a journey. It's, it's taken many years to, to where we are today, but it, it really stems from a, a personal experience and a personal point of view. Okay, so then... What experience or event like moved you to create the system? So you saw the problem and you're concerned about it, but what actually happened? And then how did you actually create, for example, your first system, your first attempt to bridge this gap? Sure. So what I had identified is, you know, every year I would go on, you know, two or three or four trips to support training and expertise scaling in other countries. And often what you find is, you know, that experience is great because ultimately you're learning a lot both ways. You're delivering training and support, but you're also learning a lot from those different environments and those different health systems. But I think what became clear to me is that often it becomes very much uh, siloed in a moment in time. You leave that environment and it's almost like a black hole. You don't know what's happening afterwards. You don't know how your skills have been embraced, how it's changing or impacting care, how it can be further improved and how we can work together to continue to collaborate and scale uh, the delivery of care. And we'd seen a lot of projects. You know, one of the earliest stories was actually the delivery of cleft care in uh, Peru, in Trujillo. And we were thinking about, you know, the teams that were going out there three, four, five times a year. But, you know, how do we ultimately deliver this at scale and empower the local communities to be able to become independent in delivering great care to their patients? And so that was really some of the very early thoughts around Proximy. We developed a very early prototype of the solution, and we tested it. Um, there was a, a surgeon in California, Dr. Raj Vayas, who connected with a surgeon, Dr. Soraya, in Peru. And over a year, they used the solution. This was back in 2014, 2015. Wow. And we really wanted to think about, you know, can this actually make that difference? And, of course, being a clinician, you know, I wanted to be to some extent, evidence-based as well. I wanted to see it for myself. Do these solutions, can they actually break down those barriers of geography and time and space? And so we did that for a year. And at the end of that year, Dr. Soraya had grown confident. She was able to do many more cases. She was having less complications. But also she was developing enough skills that empowered her to also train others within her environment. And so it was an amazing story. And uh, you know, we were able to film her after that year, and, and we've got this great film of her talking about the significant impact these solutions can have on communities. And it was really at that point that I started to think about, 
you know, how do we as clinicians really embrace innovation and that it will help empower and enhance what we can do so that we can try and virtually reach in to all work together to, to make the world a better, better place. So it was, you know, it was ambitious. It was many years ago now. Um, it was disruptive. But, you know, I think if you're really passionate about something and you have seen firsthand the impact it can have, it really drives you uh, to, to sort of follow through. And, you know, that, that passion really stems across Proximy and every single person in our family here at Proximy believes in that. So that was back in 2014. And then when did you believe that this was something that could be more of a commercial enterprise, an organization that could deliver this system and this service worldwide? So this was now 2016. And um, at this point, uh, there was a surgeon who reached out to us from a war zone. So in uh, quite an austere environment, an area that was very limited in what was um, accessible. But he had, uh, he, you know, he had a, a young gentleman who had a bone blast injury to his hand that needed reconstruction. And he knew that there weren't many options for this young man. And he was the main breadwinner for his family. And so he reached out to us. He'd heard about what we were doing and the work that we were doing through the network and asked if we could help him. And so what's great about Proximy, it, it is a software. It's purely designed to be a software that is hardware agnostic so that people can connect with any device on very low bandwidth. So he connected with us and CNN caught wind of that story and covered it. It was around April or May of 2016. And I think at that point, you know, I asked, I had to basically sit down. I sat down with my family and kind of asked myself that, you know, really serious question. You You know, am I at a point now where I really want to think about how do I take this further and how do I really scale this across all health systems globally? And, you know, at that point, we made that decision as a family that that was, you know, what, what we wanted to do. And I committed, you know, my, my kind of my life to helping really change surgery. And that, that's really where, you know, what brought us to here, I guess. That's awesome. So now let's talk about how the technology works. When it comes to the system, we're talking about virtual system here. And people are thinking, oh, gee, big deal, virtual system. You know, we've got Zoom, we've got all these other virtual technologies. What's the big, you know, what's the big deal about Proximy? And so let me just make sure my listeners can imagine this. And that is that you have a doctor, a key opinion leader, someplace in the world that's going to assist somebody else in surgery. Or it could be the medical device representative, the orthopedic representative, the the endoscopy representative who is on their computer that's going to help assist in a surgery that they're no longer permitted to be in or they're discouraged to be in due to the COVID era. And just imagine you have the computer, you have a very inexpensive webcam that is face, that is pointing down to the desktop. So you have your hand on maybe a mouse on one side, and then you have your other hand underneath this camera, and possibly it's on a white background of some kind. And the way that Proximy works is this little webcam that's looking down on your hand that's resting on the table can now take your hand and actually insert it into the video that the surgeon is watching or the scrub techs or whomever is watching in the operating room. Or it could be in an ICU room or wherever. The representative or the key opinion leader can actually put their hand into the video and point things out. They can mark things with a pen or a so-called pen, a virtual pen, um, and they can do it in different colors to help provide guidance as they talk the, the surgical team or the ICU team through whatever they're doing. It's inexpensive and it's just elegant. So I just want to make sure people can understand that that's what's so powerful about the Proximy technology is and that's what's so unique about it is no other virtual technologies are doing it this inexpensively at a variety of bandwidths and this elegantly. So with that I'll let you know I'll start with Nadine. What did I miss in this description? I think it was a fantastic description. I think you're absolutely right. You're really able to demonstrate movements and mimic gestures to be critical to that procedure. And also what you can do beyond overlaying your own hand or the telestrations is actual images, scans, 
uh, photos, anything that may be relevant to that particular procedure, you can bring into the field. So we've seen, for example, cases where a surgeon in London may be assisting a surgeon in Athens. She's doing a robotic case. He's in his office. He's not only able to dial into her uh, robot and work with her through that case, but he's also able to overlay 3D recons and other important images and elements that may be important to that particular procedure. So it really gives that really immersive and simple feel within that that is incredibly powerful through that process. And I think you're absolutely right as well in that environment where we're thinking about the COVID era, the new normal. I think it's fair to say COVID has really catalyzed the fundamental change, and I don't think we're ever going to go back to the way things were. So it's really thinking about what is that new normal and how will tools like Proxmi become essential, and they are already becoming essential components uh, of that process. So uh, I think you're, you're absolutely right, and definitely we'll let Rob jump in with any other details, but we can definitely give you some examples of how that has been used in the U.S., in the U.K., and also more, uh, more widely in the global, global arena. Yeah, no, I think I think Ted, you really hit it. You hit it square on the head. I think the the main thing that I would kind of like to share is that as we're partnering with dozens of medical device companies, the key thing to keep in mind is that within Proxima, you have two roles. You have the surgeon who's in the operating room or the person who's in the lab that's doing the actual activity. So for that side of the equation, they simply need an internet-connected device with Google Chrome, and then we ingest any inputs, and they are live and good to go, including webcams that can show the, you know, the, the wound site, the patient positioning, the surgeon, etc. And then there's full two-way audio. So as soon as it's live, you, know, you can talk and then see everything that's happening on your screens in the room. Because keep in mind, as the surgeon, I can look at the laptop screen and or you can simply take an output from the laptop and, and put that into a slave monitor, the big flat screen on the back of the wall, etc. And now all of the proximity activity, as in the AR hand and or the pointer, etc., is showing up on this big screen and there's audio and it can also be in the ear Bluetooth audio. So it's more of a private conversation, etc. But the, the beautiful part for the, for the remote side, the proctor side, Literally that person, everyone that's listening to this today could be a proctor right now. And they would open up any internet connected device. They would go to Google Chrome. They would log in with their credentials that when you start a session, you have to be invited by the person who actually is, you know, in the OR doing the activity. So when you log in with their credentials provided, you then are now seeing the feeds that they are sharing, whether that be the endoscopy tower, the room view, fluoro, etc., and there's two proctor types. There's one that's on your, you know, on your device, and you can use your mouse pad and you can draw with a pen or a marker or a fake hand, and all of that activity shows up live, real time, back in the OR. And if you and I, Ted, are both on the call. They can hear both of us, and when I draw on the screen, my color's red, and when you draw on the screen, your color's green, and you're using the fake hand, and I'm using a pen. So it's all really just, you know, really crystal clear in front of you, and it's got that whole immersive connection to it. Now, the second option, which is what you were really describing, is as that remote proctor on my laptop, I can also have a $70 webcam, a Logitech C920 works great, and I mentioned that only because literally that's a model that we use, and it's an off-the-shelf webcam that you can have mounted on a little desktop stand that's a whopping $20. And so now you calibrate that in our system, and then you put your hand underneath the camera. That shows up live on your screen, so the live view that you're seeing, and in the operating room. And so you can imagine, especially in live video, whether it be arthroplasty or orthopedics or you know general surgery, to be able to trace with your actual real hand, and you have the whole dynamic of your hand there for the person to see, super powerful. But the key part is you don't need any special hardware. You know, It's really something that can happen today without anything besides off the shelf. Yeah, that's super important. And let's go back and just, again, talk about this proctoring again. I think it's so important because that's a key element of the sales process for so many new technologies, especially significant advances in a new technology where the doctor needs to be trained and they frequently request that a proctor flies in to help oversee and or so-called participate, observe, comment on the procedure that's being done. So 
the, the sales process is held up because somebody has to be scheduled in. Then that individual that is scheduled in to travel in to be the proctor has to take the time, has to get on a plane, is paid an honorarium for being out of their practice for a whole day, if not more. Now that can be done all remotely. I mean, it's just so powerful. And it, so it speeds up everything. I think you're spot on. And, you know, I can tell you this from from my own personal experience. I worked as a proctor and a KOL for a number of device companies uh, over a number of years. And the the amount of logistics um, and, you know, can, cases canceled and others because of these challenges was unbelievable. I mean, it just, it you know, used to get incredibly frustrating when you think that you could actually just virtually dial in in five minutes and you're in that case. And, you know, we've had doctors talk about, you know, something by using Proxmi taking them a few hours versus two or three days that they'd have to fly out. And I think probably one thing worth noting is we, we've helped many companies scale with their virtual reps and their virtual proctors uh, and KOLs. Uh, but also we always continue to look at the evidence behind that. And a recent independent study uh, that was published from doctors uh, and clinicians who were using Proxmi actually proved that using Proxmi is equivalent to being there in person, standing side by side or face to face. And not only that, it also removes the costs, the travel time, and ultimately provides more flexibility for patient scheduling. And, you know, at the end of the day, patients want their, their cases. They don't want things to be delayed because the proctor isn't able to fly in or they couldn't sync their calendars to make it work. So it's, it's a huge, it's a real game changer. And it's something was growing massively before COVID, but I mean, since COVID, I, I, you know, sometimes I have to look at the numbers twice to, to it, it's just unreal. And we feel incredibly fortunate to be able to play such an important role for the med tech industry and the medical device industry uh, as they think about defining what their, you know, what the new future looks like. Thank you very much for that. And let's back up from proctoring now and let's go back to the surgical sales rep or the application specialist, the technical specialist that support uh, so many surgeons, and then we also have people supporting um, healthcare professionals in other areas of the hospital. But now they don't have as much access or any access physically to the hospital. And the other day, Rob, you walked me through. Of course, we had the advantage that you were sharing a screen and showing it to me. But can you just try to simply describe how this scheduling might work in a hospital? So now, now we have a hospital that has let's say, eight operating rooms and three or four of them are frequently in use in a situation where they would want the support of a technical or a sales representative. Can you just walk me through that again in a way that the listeners can understand it? Oh, absolutely. I think the key thing we can start with is, you know, as Proximy, you know, we are really here to be a great partner to not create a repless environment, but to take the representative remote. Whereas we can increase your efficiency and instead of relying on the person being able to make it to the building on time because of traffic and weather and all those other ancillary things that actually stop things from going well because you weren't able to physically be there, much less the new COVID reality. Now, as a facility, if you're utilizing this in, let's say, you know, that in eight rooms, now when you actually are able to then simply with having proximity in the rooms and when you start your sessions, you can actually have the different representatives from the different vendors where you can automatically have those people invited to the cases that are applicable to their tools. So if the second and third case of the day utilize something from my bag as Rob, your you know particular rep from a certain company, then for those two cases, I can be invited to those sessions. But I can also be invited to the sessions that are going on in room three, four, and five. And the game changer comes in that, okay, now if I need any assistance, I'm able to then have one of my specialists from the device company. I can have people at my headquarters. I can have product managers. I can have the actual representative themselves sitting at a desk and able to literally go into multiple OR rooms at the time of the exact need that they have, we can then see all of the imagery and things that we would want to see, whether it's how to adjust the pressure on a pump or how to you know, put together the componentry inside of a set for orthoplasty on the back table. 
you're able to literally see here and be there in the time that they need. And all of that access is already enabled for you because of the nature of how the organization is built on site. And so they can invite the appropriate folks to have access when the time is ready. And so now as the consultant, I literally can be on call to the point that it can be account number one on one side of town calls or texts and messages and says, Hey, you know, we're, we're ready for you to jump in. And in a span of an hour, Ted, you can imagine just how easily you could find yourself supporting 10 different accounts and imagine in a week and then what that would have taken from a physical logistical perspective to actually do that by foot. Very challenging. And then obviously with COVID reality, then even more so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's just great. I think it's great. I think you guys are going to do very, very well with this, with this technology. I mean, there's just such a great need and I can see it used in so many places in not only the hospital, but ambulatory surgical centers and, you know, even possibly in doctor's offices with new technologies that they're employing, maybe new diagnostic technologies and stuff. And what are the advantages over some of the traditional systems or typical virtual systems? And when I refer to typical virtual systems, I'm thinking about the systems that my, um, like my daughter used to sell for Stryker, they weren't necessarily virtual. They're almost more internal, you know, the video towers that they have in the operating rooms and stuff, but some of them could be made virtual. So just tell me, give me an example or, or help describe some of the advantages compared to typical virtual systems. Well, I think in general, one of the key things that I would like to mention is that, you know, myself, you mentioned your daughter spent you know, years with Stryker. I spent 10 years with Arthrex. And in that world, I focused on imaging and resection and, and video in particular. And so we were partnered with all the different, you know, industry leaders like Olympus and Carl Stores. And then ultimately, we launched our own hardware, you know, uh, software-based platform that literally was going to change kind of the, the entire workflow from, you know, getting rid of printers and also allowing for people to be able to, you know, see different components from the video towers, except the key is with all of your normal standard solutions that are hardware based. And so when you're, you know, selecting a, a solution from Stryker, that also then means that you need to be utilizing Stryker hardware and all of the other ancillary components that would make all of that work. And one of the key differentiators and the thing that really got me the most excited is that truly being hardware neutral is a game changer, especially for folks that have been in you know hundreds or thousands of surgery centers and hospitals around the world. You recognize that every facility has different hardware. So for us, we have built and execute all of our roadmaps and our game planning around the idea that we want to be that hardware neutral solution that can come in and integrate into a cath lab or an endoscopy suite or any, any scenario that's there and provide instant connectivity to all the different vendors and hardware that's inside of an operating room versus now buying my solution that would be used in conjunction with my hardware we are a software-based solution that's hardware neutral, and so it makes it very easy for us to be a plug-and-play. Okay, so to be this plug-and-play and to be hardware neutral, does this require some expensive add-ons that either the hospital or industry has to invest in? Is this an expensive proposition? Well, again, that's another great question. So the beautiful part about the simplicity of what we have built is that you literally need an Internet-connected device with Google Chrome. Now, ultimately, you and I could literally perform a, a proximity session right now with the laptop that you have in front of you and all of your listeners. The same thing is true is that the hardware that we utilize is uh, off-the-shelf hardware. And when we go into permanent installations, whereas you would be utilizing this on a regular occurrence uh, for you know, years, then you can have more of a standard setup where it's you know, on a cart and you have your own monitor, etc. However, you can literally go live, like in you know Peru or in South America or in Bismarck, with a laptop and an internet connection. And then at that point, really the only component that you would need is you're simply going to then take the video output from whatever device you're looking to broadcast, 
and you're going to ingest that into your laptop, you know, via USB. And so you literally are plug and play with uh, off the shelf components. And that really lends itself to our timeline and speed to implementation and execution is that you're not now introducing a whole slew of new hardware items that have to go through a whole bunch of, uh, you know, steps in order to get in the door. Well, that's great. I prob- go ahead, Nadine. I'd probably also add in terms of the technology and, you know, when, when we were thinking about the, you know, how do we really deliver this really impactful, you know, multi-sensory solution, we wanted to identify a key number of advanced technologies that were essential for that. And of those was, of course, the advanced telecommunications that we've been alluding to, but also the ability to layer a really virtual and immersive experience with augmented reality, and then combining that with artificial intelligence that will allow you to really derive unique insights is, is, has really never been done before. You know, how are you able to think about bringing all these components together in a software-only solution that works on low bandwidth in hospitals all around the world uh, in that plug-and-play approach? And the reason being to deliver this was that you know, we came at it very much uh, at a, from a user-centered approach. We wanted this to be something really simple, something someone would learn how to use really easily, but something that was powerful uh, at the same time. And, and it's because of that, I think, in a short period of time, I mean, we really uh, went, you know, commercial, I'd probably say 18, you know, 18 months ago. And we are in over 30 countries, um, in over 80 to 100 institutions and performing hundreds of cases a month. And that's the the impact that such a solution can have when it is very scalable and very simple to use. Wow, that's an impressive start. And I want to go back to one thing you just said was the bandwidth, because that was a question I was going to ask, is we have an inexpensive system, it's platform neutral, and what about bandwidth? I mean, for all these different countries and different locations and so on. I think that's a great question. And ultimately, often, you know, bandwidth seems to be perceived as an issue in, again, some parts of the world. But actually, I can tell you, even in my own hospital here in the UK, and I'm sure, you know, many hospitals, even in the US, the problem is often where the operating rooms are, the internet connection isn't that great. And so if you're trying to stream that off a connection, uh, you want to make sure that it is scalable within those environments. And so we have built this solution to work on extremely low bandwidth off a 4G hotspot, 3G, 4G, uh, even 5G, as well as um, kind of the Wi-Fi connection in the hospital. So that has been a real uh, benefit to us, and it has allowed us to really permeate operating rooms uh, fairly quickly. Okay. And I think, you know, Ted, I think to, to Nadine's point, that that speed to implementation and the idea of how fast you can actually produce a real tangible impact to a medical device professional was really something that got me very intrigued from the get-go is that, you know, ultimately we were responsible and had hundreds of consultants and especially in orthopedics, as you know, that's a very consultant in the room, uh, heavy environment because there's a lot of, there's a lot of tools, there's a lot of steps that need to be followed and a lot of people are being introduced to new technology daily basis, especially in, in all the different componentry that goes into that world. And so to have the ability to literally, in a number of days, go live at any said facility, whether it be a KOL or you have an upcoming challenging case and you simply cannot gain access to the facility because of the recent COVID reality, plus the idea that, well, what if the person has car trouble and can't make it to the facility on time or they missed their flight or all the other things that happen with the logistics around that archaic somewhat you know, requirement of having to be in the back of the room for an hour and a half, you now literally in a number of days can go from, we have a place that we'd like to be able to do this amazing remote proctoring and have this capability to where we can go live in a number of days. And now from your computer at your home, in your car, anywhere that you are, you can immediately have access to that operating room to provide support, whether it be from a technical support, product support, remote proctoring, teaching, learning, the list kind of is endless, but the speed to which you can make that happen, that was the game changer that for me, you know, especially coming from a capital uh, background, whereas, you know, if you're purchasing anything that's a piece of capital equipment that's coming in, talking months, you know, nothing's happening in days and 
that's what we're doing. And that, and that's a really, uh, it's an exciting thing to be able to see that literally they have maybe no solution or no, no idea of how they're going to accomplish something. And in, the, in a number of days, we can enter into a huge new healthcare network and be live. That's excellent. So I want to circle back to the uh, early proximity days. And I just, what challenges have you had along the way just to gain acceptance for this technology? I think as with all uh, new technologies, uh, or it's not even about tech, I think a new way of doing things. Ultimately, it's, it's always about, you know, behavior change. It's, it's often not far more than what the solution is or what that um, technology is. I think what's key is that first and foremost, you know, this, whatever it is that you're asking individuals to use, it has to be something that's providing value, value for them or for their community, their industry, their company, their patients. Uh, it has to be something that, that provides meaning to why they need to use it. I think the second thing is, you know, with time, it's about building trust and having individuals realize that by using these solutions, it's either improving their efficiency improving the outcome or the quality of care that's being delivered or making it possible, like Rob said, to manage much more with much less. And so we're, from that point of view, always making sure that we're demonstrating value, value to the different stakeholders. And I think within this industry, you know, in healthcare in general, it's complex. There's different stakeholders. You will have at any time, you know, the device industry, the hospital, and ultimately the end users all needing or or needing to be engaged uh, in order to do that. And so we really understand those points of views and make sure that we deliver that message and deliver evidence around that and engage those stakeholders. Early on, I think, um, you know, we we were building this into that value chain and that value-based healthcare approach. And I think now definitely what we're seeing is that there's an absolute fundamental need for this and that it's, it's almost impossible any other way. And we have so many examples that we could share, but just to pick on one, uh, you know, we had a case... Uh, in the EMEA region just a few weeks ago where this patient desperately needed uh, a cardiac procedure. And this procedure needed a particular type of device uh, that the, normally the med device company would send a rep and a KOL to do. And in this environment, that wasn't possible. And so the options were either not to have the case or have the case uh, with the virtual rep. And because Proxmi has been around for so long, we've built the credibility, we've built the evidence around the benefits of it. It was a no-brainer. And, you know, within, within a few minutes, they were both trained on the system and they were able to dial into the cardiology suite and really deliver this life-changing procedure. And so we've built a lot of that credibility, the stories and the benefit and the economic use case for each of these stakeholders that has, I think, held us in good stead. And we're, you know, it's, it's absolutely an exciting time for us now as this has really become that, that absolute need. But I won't, you know, I won't lie to you. I won't tell you that it, it's all been absolutely a walk in the park. You know, these things take time sometimes, and it's just about being patient, willing to sit down and speak and hear people's points of views. And you know, there's a great book that you know I've read called Crossing the Chasm, which I'm sure many of you have read or many of your listeners would have read. And it's really about making sure that we understand the different groups and different behaviors and trying to address uh, and make sure that what we're describing or delivering. Uh, does provide value and that we work through those different groups uh, and the adopters within that. So, uh, you know, we're, we're passionate. I think we do measure the value we provide to each of those groups. And it's, it's really exciting to see uh, the impact, not only for the industry and the healthcare, but for patients ultimately. Crossing the Chasm is a terrific book. I read one of the <laughs> early ones, and then I had to reread it when it came out <laughs> as a new version later on. <clears throat> because so many of the companies that they referred to in, in the the original edition don't exist because they absolutely had failed or they had succeeded so well that they had been acquired by somebody and nobody would even know what their <laughs> yes. name is. So one thing um, that's important, you know, whenever you have a commercial enterprise is who pays for what, what the money flow is. And I don't know that we need to go into a lot of great detail here, um, but... One thing I can guarantee the listeners from having talked to Rob about this is it is very economical. And if you look at the cost uh, per hour that you pay for a, a salesperson to be in the field, and also if you look at the cost of so many other things like these credentialing services for hospitals, the the travel time, uh, the, the, all those expenses, this is very economical. There are some expensive systems out there, but the proximity system is economical. I don't know, Rob, if you want to comment more on that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's a, there's a safe way to say that we are absolutely the uh, the non-expensive option. And I also think there's a really important perspective for med device professionals that I want to I want to really uh, explain. And the idea around the value proposition for Proxima becomes even more of a no-brainer when you understand the full circle. And when I say the full circle, I mean beyond the idea of just the cool factor, and I hate to use the word cool factor, but it is a really cool factor that remotely you literally can put your hand inside an EOR and and have all that happen real time, except where it becomes an absolute just total shift in how we interface with our clients and potential prospects is this. So Ted, if I'm looking to earn your business and I want to expose you to a new device, previously, that would be, I would potentially want to fly you somewhere to meet someone, to observe a case, maybe get you to a lab. Well, imagine now, Ted, if I come to you and I say, okay, in the next five days, I have 32 time slots with these global key opinion leaders, and they have cases all of these days at all of these times. Would you maybe have an hour to sit at your desk and actually, from your computer, join them live in the OR, see their surgical view, see the other main things that you want to understand. And by the way, there's full two-way audio and you can draw on the screen and they can see that. Is that something you can maybe give me an hour for? Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of a big deal. Like now I don't have to get on an airplane, not to mention post-COVID, where the other reality that's happening for medical device is that your surgeons, your KOLs, their facilities don't want them to travel. Not only do the surgeons themselves not want to travel around the world to, you know, potentially, you know, proctor or give a speech, etc., their facilities don't want them to travel because now they have potential of being quarantined when they get back, etc. So the concept then of the game changer that, as a prospect, I could from my office tap into these three people that I really think highly of and watch and have a great dialogue. Well, that's amazing. Then the next step is when I'm ready now like, Ted, you're my prospect, and now, Ted, you're ready to do your first procedure? Well, you know, if you're in San Antonio, Texas, and the other guy was in Alaska, he's probably not going to fly to San Antonio to come see you. But you know what he would do? He would jump onto Proximy and absolutely proctor you through your, you know, upteen first cases and have great dialogue, and, and that's an amazing experience. But it's the third key to this that I also appreciated to, for such a just a uh, organic lay is that at one point in my career, you know, we you know we oversaw seven states and we had hundreds of video towers with our names on them inside the operating room, and we had consultants in each and every room. And so you can imagine how often I would get a request from a product manager saying, "Hey, Rob, can we get a, some video footage of that new product in use?" No, it's like herding cats. How on earth can you curate all of this great content from all of these key opinion leaders in all of these locations? Well, that changes overnight once Proxy is, is, is live because you have the option as a client to be able to record everything that happens throughout all of your locations. But it's not just the idea that you can then have your own library that's customized and all of your footage is automatically then there, but there's also the component that then afterwards – you can immediately schedule a collaborative review with 13 other people around the world and you're watching this together, you're drawing on the screen you're, and you're talking and that also is recorded as another file that then is a tremendous value from a medical education perspective for your own employees, for product management, for the surgeons. I mean, it just goes on and on. So it's really that entire evolution of the educational cycle. And I think Nadine too can really speak to that obviously with her. Uh, she went through that. It's just that idea of having video and real life examples is just is just amazing. And then especially now when you keep in mind that a lot of med students aren't returning back to campus, it's a real, uh, it's truly that, that game changer status. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because what you've just described is if we look at the traditional uh, sales process pre-COVID, we're probably talking, and especially, I'm going to restate that, if we look at the sales process pre-COVID for a new concept surgical device that, let's say, requires uh, KOL proctoring or KOL input to help train another physician, another surgeon, well, that process could have been six months 
to nine months to get all these things to go through the whole sales process to finally getting the person proctored. And now we're talking about in the COVID era, knocking that down to a month or two at that, if that. If that, yeah. Which is sort of ironic yeah, because COVID's really interfering with sales in so many other ways. But here you people have, with Proxima, have created this solution that can just speed everything up so much and actually make it so much more robust. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you, you've, you've stated it very nicely. Uh, yeah, We've absolutely identified that we can really cut down that cycle of you know training significantly and helping device companies not just launch their products, but protect their products and ensure that they can continue to deliver uh, and feel enhanced and empowered to deliver the support that is needed to their clients all around the world. So where does Proximy go from here? It's a great question. Uh, you know, as, as we've mentioned before, you know, we are, you know, we're scaling uh, massively now. We've been really busy before, but definitely now we've seen an acceleration of that. Um, we're doing a lot more in the United States now. We've been luck- very lucky to have Rob and other members of the team join our family, and we're, we're moving quickly on a number of institutions uh, and working with a whole host of different device companies to support them. Um, and we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see how more we continue with that. But definitely, we're, you know, we're excited about our future, and we're excited about making sure that you know everyone has access to our technology and works hard to make sure that we can deliver the best care to our patients. Are you growing your team worldwide? Absolutely, yeah. We're, we've we've started uh, growing the team furthermore in the U.S. Uh, and continuing to scale uh, globally um, into the sort of Asia Pac area as well. How many people are on the Proxima team now? We are about 40 uh, to date. So I think it's pretty impressive what we've achieved with even that number. Um, but we're, we're, that's, I think, a great uh, credit to the solution being simple and scalable. Uh, but we are definitely looking to grow that even more. And there's a lot of need and inbound. We need to make sure that we can keep up with the demand. And is there anything that we've missed in this conversation, which has just been terrific? Well, I, you know, I don't know if we, if we say we could we miss, but I, I would say a couple of other key notes is that from the idea of what's next, that's really the part that's so exciting when you're software-based. When you're truly a software company, the speed at which you can evolve and enhance the technology is really unlimited. And that's the, the part of my last couple of years with the B2B SaaS you know, corporation. And then obviously with 10 years with Arthrex and we had a software-based you know, platform, we can turn around changes in a heartbeat and we can evolve the product to where we can take feedback. And then in a number of weeks to months, it's, a, it's completely evolved and really accelerates at such a fast speed because we're not hardware dependent, because we are software based and we've got already the, rebu- re, you know, the robust um, uh, world that we've created with all the different features and functionalities and then how we're able to then just expedite that growth on the features and functionalities. It's just really exciting because ultimately for us, you know, it's about serving our clients and it's about really doing amazing things and really making magic happen. And quite frankly, it's like, well, how creative can you be and what do you need? And quite, it's usually the answer is yes. Just uh, what's your timeline and budget and we're ready to go. And so that's, uh, that's, a, that's a great position to be in. Well, I think you said it really well, making magic happen. That's, <laughs> that's a great term. Well, uh, yeah. Well, and I think, Ted, the only other thing I would mention too is like not only are we making magic happen, but it's, it's like to anyone that's listening to this, what world are you in? Because we, and we're, we're working with robots. We're working in cath labs. We're working with microscopes. Uh, doing, uh, you're doing Botox injections. Uh, you know, you're doing, are you doing limbs? Are you doing amputees? I mean, we literally can come in and set up in any kind of environment. It doesn't even have to be an environment where there's a camera or a scope or uh, an x-ray or, or anything. It can simply be an environment where a couple of webcams at the, at the site around whatever it is you want to accomplish and you're achieving an amazing amount of communication uh, both, both ways. And, and Nadine, I know you can kind of give some different, additional flavor as well. I think I would just add that the, the use of Proxmi is really unlimited. It's ultimately that enabler of scaling that expertise to where it's needed. So we're seeing not only growth you know, within our institutions, we're also seeing it within ambulatory day case centers, 
like Rob said, you know, interventional radiology suites, cardiology suites, neurovascular suites. And it's about, you know, also expanding across multiple uh, specialties, multiple use cases. And, and then that downstream from that, making sure that we're really aggregating the knowledge and the unique insights and building the algorithms and the data sets around it. That's going to really build intelligence into the whole delivery of healthcare that's going to be essential. So it's exciting both on a on a commercial level in terms of how we can continue to expand both vertically and horizontally within the sector. It's also interesting on a scientific level in terms of that data and the data insights that we can get from it and the AI that we're continuing to build into our system. And finally, it's interesting from an impact point of view because we're able to change lives through it. So we, I think we, we fit very nicely into that intersection of you know, med device and the delivery of scale and training in a commercially viable way in healthcare and systems that want to deliver uh, care effectively and in a, you know, in a low, high outcome, low cost way. And then ultimately, you know, patients and, and human lives and how we can benefit them. Nadine, Rob, this has just been terrific. And I hope that perhaps in a year we can have a follow-up conversation to just see where Proxima is now, because I have a feeling it's not going to be 40 people anymore. It's going to be maybe 140 or 150, and you guys will really have your hands full. Thank you very much. Definitely would look forward to having that conversation in a year's time. You bet. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Ted. I think it's ironic that the virtual solutions to a lot of our problems that have been imposed on us by the COVID-19 virus may seem pretty annoying and we wish we didn't have to do it this way. But the fact is that when you look deeper at a technology like Proximy, it actually leverages many aspects of virtual technology and can make us more productive and more effective and help us deliver our services more economically. Proximy was poised for success despite COVID-19. It's just that the pandemic has brought Proximy exploding to the surface. And even when a vaccine is available, if you think getting back into practices and into the hospitals and clinics is going to be a lot easier, I think you're wrong. Our sales processes are going to be changed forever. Well, it's time to wrap this up and get ready for another work week. If you like this podcast, please recommend it, rate it, and subscribe. Now go win your week.